Um, so I want to share a couple scripture verses with you first, and then we'll go in uh, and talk about it. So let's start with, um, we'll start with the Old Testament scripture verse first. Leviticus, yep, 1145. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Now I love this. Uh, this theme of be holy for I am holy is from the Old Testament, mentioned several times. I'm, I should have looked it up, but I'm not a good student like Vince. Um, and then it's carried all the way through the New Testament as well, mentioned several times. And it's a command, be holy for I am holy. But I specifically love this one because the Lord is reminding them how he delivered them. And that's a part of, of the Christian faith of coming in, um, right, Israel, they were, they were in Egypt and they were slaves, but it's, it's kind of what we do too. Like before we know God, we're enslaved to something um, and we come in and he saves us. And so this is him reminding, hey, remember I brought you out of the land of Egypt and now you represent me because I have delivered you. Be holy, for I am holy. The next verse, 1 Peter 1.16. Oh, man. Okay. That's really small for me. Okay. Uh, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all of your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, which is referring to Leviticus, you must be holy because I am holy. Um, so I want to change your mind a little bit. When we think of the word holy... I'll, I'll tell you, growing up in, um, in church, holiness was very, it was like, <laughs> if you look at like all my high school pictures, every girl in church wore a jean jacket every Sunday, like every Sunday, because we weren't allowed to show our shoulders. It was not modest. And so you'll see like 15 youth group girls with jean jackets. Um, and then as soon as we walked out of the church, like we would take them off. But, um, but it was, you know, cover, it was holiness from what we knew was very much about modesty. Now, I still agree with modesty, you know, keeping your bodies for your spouses. Uh, but, but, but that's not holiness, because it's really easy to cover up your body and then be living a secret life, right? And so, um, so what, what we have kind of been trained in the church about holiness is kind of a checklist of rules of like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Now, I want to say a lot of those things, the don'ts, um, are in the Bible, and they're very clear-cut about um, sexual desires, about uh, the way we interact with one another. Uh, the Bible talks about don't, don't get drunk on wine. And I don't know, there's a lot. There's a lot of don'ts. It's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Um, so all of that we agree with and we live. But I want to change perspective of what holiness is. When Jesus says, be holy for I am holy, it's a command, but it's also a call to be like Jesus. It's not to be a rule follower, per se. It's to be like Christ. It's to have the mind of Christ. It's to have the standard of Christ. The standard of Christ, what does he say? If you think of a thought toward another woman in your heart, you have sinned, right? It's, it's, the, it's the standard of different than the world. The world would say, um, you know, we watch, like all of these movies, it's really interesting. I, I was talking to Dawn and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago of how 
Like we watch these movies and we're so conditioned to be rooting for people to have affairs because it like has the bad husband to, you know, and he's like bad and he's mean and doesn't treat the wife right. And then she meets this guy who's really friendly and complimentary of her and seemingly loving. And so you find yourself rooting for her to go with the nice guy, even though she's married. And so the world's standards have a lot of buts in them. But he's mean or, or but whatever. Um, and God's standards are just very different. It's very different. It's higher. And I'm not talking about divorce. I'm just saying the standard of what we allow to be the norm and what we allow to be comfortable um, is very different with Jesus. Um, Holy means different. You're unique. You're different. You're set apart. You are taken out of Egypt. (laughs) You've been removed from your past. You're a new creation. And um, so mind, will, and heart conformed in the likeness of Jesus is what holiness really is. It's being like him. It's understanding the holiness. And um, the Bible says, thinking on whatsoever things are good, pure, true, lovely, worthy of praise, I want to focus today on holiness, on less of the rule sheet and more of the, the thought life um, and the mouth, what we think and what we say. Um, so thinking on good things, thinking on the things that are true and lovely and holy and of good report and of things worthy of praise is like Jesus. Seeing the call of God in people's lives is holy. That's huge. Interacting with someone at work or on the street um, who it's very easy to maybe um, cast judgment, be annoyed by, be offended by. Instead, seeing with the eyes of Jesus of, hey, you have a call on your life. Maybe all of that passion that you have inside that's coming out at me in in whatever uh, way it's coming out, um, I'm going to speak to the passion that God put inside of you. And, and you don't have to say it to them. <laughs> like, don't be a weirdo. But, but, like, but seeing the call of God on people's lives, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's a stranger, a coworker, seeing through the eyes of heaven of, of the call that God has placed on, on everyone's lives, because we believe the word, right? We believe that he formed us with a plan and a purpose, with a hope and a future, And so to see someone and to be able to see through whatever else is in the front and to see through, um, to see through that, um, staying unoffended, holla, (laughs) we, uh, staying unoffended, I want to tell you guys, I had, when I was a youth pastor, um, some people did not like what I was speaking on and doing and whatever, and it was very uh, charismatic like I am now. Um, and uh, they caused, like, a little bit... They, they didn't cause a ruckus, but, like, they went to the pastor, and they talked to the pastor and whatever, and um, the pastor actually never talked to me about it, which is awesome, but, like, I heard, you know, <laughs> I heard all the stories and all the things about me, and... My natural thing is to be very confrontational and sometimes not in the best way. And sometimes I can have like the, Vince is like, why is your head moving like a snake right now? (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I'm like, you know, so, so, but my natural, my natural thing is to like confront me like, hey, you have a problem with me. Let's talk about it. Like, let's work it out. And, um, and God was so, also I was 21, probably not the best, but um, God was like, you will stay silent. You do not, I am your defender. You don't need to defend yourself. And then he re- instantly reminded, he said, what, what did Jesus do when he was on trial? And I was like, he said nothing. 
He didn't stand up for himself. And he said, why was that? God's, God's like questioning me. And I'm like, tell me why. I don't know. Um, and God said, because he was so confident of what I said about him. He didn't need to defend himself. Holy, like Jesus. There's no need to be offended or defend yourself. Confidence in what God says about you. Holiness. It's a different way of thinking and behaving. It's a way that is higher than the standard of the world, and it's different than the standard of the world. It doesn't compete with the standard because it's higher. I want to remind you guys that. We're not in competition uh, with the political wars. We're not in competition with... uh, spiritual seekers or anything like that. We are living in a standard that is different and it's higher. And so there's no need to be offended and to keep our offense. I want to say this in the church with pastors, with leaders, with people who you think should have done differently. Um, Being holy like Jesus is blessing those that wrong you. And it's really hard. It's really, really hard. But I want to challenge you guys to slow down when you're offended, when someone does something, even if you know it's, it's not right. Now, there are times when God will prompt you to stand up for, for things. Um, but I'm going to say most of the time, it's not about confronting And it's about keeping your heart position right with the Lord. Because I also have to share this bad news. If this person wronged you, if they cursed you, if they spoke bad about you, if they manipulated you, if they whatever, tripped you and made you fall, whatever it is, the offense in your heart is a sin as well. And it's just as bad. There's no, like, and I want to tell you, I am, like, a recovered grudge holder, (laughs) praise the Lord. Um, It's really easy to hold grudges and to be upset and to be mad um, because it it almost gives you strength in a, it's, it's a, it's a lie, it's a deception, it doesn't really give you strength, but it makes you feel a little bit stronger because if you're upset and you're offended and you're mad and you can find all the faults in those person, then maybe you're like a little more, com- like less in pain if, if we're able to recognize how bad that person is. Does that make sense? Uh, but being holy, Jesus says, bless those that persecute you. Um, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn and give them the other one. That's like what? (laughs) You know, like, I'm not going to raise my hand and say that I do that, because I definitely don't. I'm like, you're going to slap me on the cheek? I'm walking away and never talking to you again. Like, (laughs) that's, that's more so my, uh, my go-to, uh, which is not healthy. Um, but blessing those, seeing the calling on those people's lives, calling them higher and releasing them is holiness. Humility, Humility equals spirit over flesh. That's really what humility is. Humility is my flesh wants to say this, wants to do this, feels this, but I'm going to yield to the spirit. And that's humility because it's putting something other and above yourself. Um, Holiness is, being holy is forgiveness. Forgiving people um, and yourself. Holiness in its best form, I, I, I said this to Vince, and he's like, I want to create a hashtag for you. So I said, holiness, like in its purest, best form, is really attractive. So he wanted to say, holy is hot. And I'm like, okay, it's not, it's not that funny, but, I, but he was like, you know, trying to be, I'm like, okay. Don't, don't use that as a pickup line, please. Um, no, um, 
But holiness in its best form, in its purest form, in its godly form, is not religious. It's not being a rule follower. It's, it's communion with Jesus. And it's, like, it's, it's really being that higher, different standard. And it's very attractive. Not like physically, like all you single people are holy and you're going to have, you know, strange men and women flocking to you like stray cats. Like it's, it's holiness is attractive because someone sees something in you and they're like, that's different. I want that. You think about Jesus and he wasn't walking through the streets being like, I can heal whoever wants to be healed or I can do this, I can do this. But thousands like flocked to him because there was something different. There was something they hadn't seen before. There was something they hadn't felt before. There was something that ignited faith inside of them. I love that demons who, who possessed people, like the people would come to Jesus and the demons even cried and asked Jesus to, get, like, to be out of the people. Like the demons cried out to Jesus. There is something about holiness that is so different and so attractive that when you're around people, it ignites a faith in them and, 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 and like almost like a cry of like, I've got to have whatever is in this person. I've got to have what that is. The attractiveness of, of, of joy and of peace and of righteousness is huge. Um, I want to say holiness, um, this is like where we're talking to mature Christians in here. Holiness is not compromised and it holds the line. Now, I am going to get into, like, a little bit of practicality here. Um, you know, so when we were, when Vince and I first started dating, <laughs> I am, was very, very strong about, like, my standards of what I listen to, what I watch, what I talk about, um, what I do for entertainment with people, um, I still am, but when I say strong, I, I was, like, sitting in a car with him. He's just interested, wanting to start dating me, and I'm like, listen. <laughs> Turn that Jay-Z down. I'm not listening to that in the car. Like, I was, like, you know, feisty. I was feisty about it. And he was like, whoa, okay, like, I'm going to turn it down, you know. Um, and, and I want to say this, like, I'm not going to say that listening to those things is a sin. I'm not saying listening to secular music is a sin. I'm not saying watching specific movies is a sin or, you know, doing certain things are a sin. So, like, let's get that out of here. It's not, I'm not talking about sin life. I'm I want to tell you kind of my story of how God put standards on me. Um, when I was younger and started experiencing the presence of God, my constant cry was, God, what, I want more. What do you need from me? I want more. I want more. I would read about the Pharisees in the Bible, and Jesus would just heal people, and then the Pharisees would be like, how dare you do that on the Sabbath? And they had all these like, things, and I would remember reading and being like, I don't want to miss you. I don't want to be a person in the Bible that misses you because I'm not connected to you. And so I would, con I would like, I mean, young, like starting at like 14, I would just start crying out to the Lord, like, I want more of you in my life. I have to see in heaven. I have to hear your voice. I have to pray for people and see them healed. And it was just this thing of like, I'll, I'll do anything, Jesus. I'll lay down whatever you want. And um, one of the things he said to me is he said, I want you to be a deliverer. Will you deliver my people? And I'm like, yes, God. Of course, that's what I want. And he said, then to deliver people, you cannot be entertained by what they're bound by. And so being entertained by movies that produce lust, being entertained by music that promotes violence or lust, being entertained by, you know, going to the clubs and dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> because I can't, no. Um, 
But, but being entertained, so again, I'm not saying like, you're sitting if you're doing all these things and you're bad. It was a standard he put on me because I asked for more. And when he said you can't be entertained by things that people are bound by that you're going to lay hands on and see them delivered, it, it was all I needed to hear. It was so simple to me. If I'm crying out for the lost, if I'm crying out for people to be set free, what are they going to be set free from? Anger, lust, depression. Um, you know, the list goes on. And, and I want to tell you guys, as I've grown with the Lord, my, t- my sensitivity to what is on the TV and what I'm listening to is exponentially higher than what it was when I was 14. When I was 14, it was very like, you know, a, B, C, like black and white, like, okay, don't watch these kinds of movies or don't listen to this artist because these lyrics are really bad. But it has grown to where, like, my spirit is sensitive. And I could feel, like, what, like, I could just, I can feel and I can sense, like, what the deeper thing is. And it's almost caused this thing where Vince and I are like, we feel weird, <laughs> like, like, it feels strange. Like, but you know what? It's different. It's different. Now, do I go around to everyone and be like, I don't watch these movies and I don't listen to that? Like, no one know. Well, now you guys know it and the two people that might listen to this podcast know it. But, like, but it's not a thing about, like, oh, I'm doing this because I am a super Christian and I'm really good at following rules and Jesus is so pleased with me. I'm doing this because I want more and I don't want to be desensitized to the spirit of God because I'm so comfortable with the other spirits that are coming through. I want to be so uncomfortable with anything that does not look like Jesus and exalt Jesus that when Jesus walks in the room, I immediately know that he's there. Because I'm so familiar with what Jesus is like. I'm so familiar with the holiness of God, the different of God. I don't know if this is theologically correct, but I remember when I was in high school, one of our uh, chapels, the chaplain was speaking and saying that you know, the angels, the Bible talks about angels bowing before the Lord. And every time they come up, they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And they bow and they, holy, holy, holy. Um, I remember the chaplain saying that like a form of, of that word holy that they're using is different. And every time they bow and come up, they're seeing something different of God that they had never seen before. Now, again, I haven't researched that for myself. I don't know Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic or whatever. But, but I remember that marking me in a sense of these angels have been doing this for eternity. <laughs> and they never stop. And there's something different that they see about God every time. And I just remember thinking that, like, I know nothing. I've experienced nothing with Jesus. And, and not in, like, a sad way, but in an exciting way of, like, I'm never going to get bored exploring God. I'm never going to get bored when I throw myself in into Jesus. Like there's always something new. And it's true. I started serving I started serving God in eighth grade. I'm 34 now. And like each year I can truly say I know God in a significantly different way now than I do then. And it's really amazing. And it excites me to think 15, 20 years from now, I'm going to be able to say the same thing. Um, and the holiness of God, it's not a formula. It's not formula-based. It's not a mathematical problem. It's not, um, I'm going to follow these steps, therefore I am holy. We know it's on the inside. It's presence-based. It's honor-based. It's the exaltation of Jesus above any other thing. Holiness is a heart that says, I am fully yielded to you. I am fully yours. Holiness is saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, quicken me when I'm saying something I shouldn't be saying. Quicken me when I'm thinking about somebody in a way I shouldn't be thinking about them. Quicken me when I'm passing judgment on someone. Quicken me when I'm speaking about another Christian or a leader 
Holiness is, is yielding yourself to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and saying, I exalt you higher than anything that I know, anything that I'm comfortable with, and anything that I'm participating in. I'm exalting you higher. It's so presence-based. It's so honor-based with Jesus. And I think that's, that is where the church has missed it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tell you, like, the, the older generation, I'm going to say boomers. I think that's what it is. It's like, I think that that is where, like, the disconnect has gone. There's so many statistics about um, how the millennials and Gen Z aren't in church, but, the, but specifically the millennials, how they, like, fled church. All of my siblings... <laughs> the majority of my friends that I went into youth group with that I saw encountering God. Vince and I have talked about this often, of like people that we, we were like right next to each other encountering God in like really amazing ways. And there was like a huge drop off. And I think it's because the concept of holiness was rule-based. And so they get really good at following rules. Like specifically, I want to say like high school age. You're like really good. You're, you're like, okay, I could do this. I'm in youth group and all my friends are doing this. We're all checking things off of our list. Um, but there's no, it's not presence driven. And it's not honor based. And there's no revelation about like the holiness of God. And so when he says, be holy for I am holy, we might think, well, how can I do that? Like you're perfect. You're God, and I'm flesh. And, and it, it can get a little, it, it's really, really easy for the church to say, do all of these things, perform well, make the right choices. And so we get into like that pattern, and then we fail, and we feel terrible. So we're like, don't want to spend as much time in church. And then we fail again, and we feel really bad, and so we don't want to spend as much time in church. And then it gets to the point where we, we start failing, and then we just, like, turn off our sensors to God and to church and to conviction because it's easier to not have those sensors on because it's really uncomfortable when you have them on. Um, and so I want to say, I almost want to stand as a pastor and apologize for those of you who were in the church and rule-based religion was put in front of you and made you fail. It's impossible to follow all the rules at all times. So hear me right. Like, I am not telling you guys that you're not ever going to fail. I'm inviting you guys into the concept of holiness where it's mind, heart, and will. What is your will it's your choice. It's your decision-making. Your mind and your heart and your will are submitted to the authority of Jesus. And just saying, hey, here I am. I'm a mess. Whatever you want to clean up, go ahead. And whatever you say, I'll listen. And so to, like, erase, like, years and years, for those of you who have grown up in church, like, erase that concept of rules out of your mind. Say, Jesus is not asking me to, like, every night do a checklist of, like, did I perform well tonight? Um, is Jesus coming back and he's not going to come get me because I just, you know, looked at something I shouldn't have looked at? But to, but to stop with that and to be like, Jesus... I want more of you. What does that require? And it's a personal thing. It's a thing inside of you that says, I am going to exalt the name of Jesus higher than any other name. And so anything that is starting to bring competition to that in my life, anything that does not exalt Jesus in my life, Jesus, I want you to help me with that. I want it out. Um, the unforgiveness, the, the ability to be so easily offended and to hold offenses towards people, our mouths, the way we think. And so repentance is key. 
That's what I'm going to say. Um, I want I want you guys. So I did this I did this during worship, but I want you guys to like to ask. I want you to ask Jesus every day to experience Him in His holiness and to know and to see the holiness of God. There's been very few times um, where, so I, I see angels a lot. I, testimony, I saw demons every day of my life growing up. Every day. I had recurring nightmares about the same thing that was very demonic. Every night of my childhood, I slept with my mom until I was like 12. Um, because I, I, the demonic activity in my home, like in my, I could see it was so high. Um, what's amazing is that God set me free from stuff, and now I see angels. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now when I see demons, I'm like, oh, I see you. And I'm like, hey, Jesus, send some angels to go kick his butt. And then it happens, and it's amazing. And so I just want to tell you guys, like, this is a side note. Seeing demonic things all the time is not your destiny. It's not your destiny. Having night terrors, having nightmares, it's not God. Um, but so I, I, I see angels now, but there's times when I've had like encounters with angels where they come and they talk to me or they give me something. Um, and when those encounters have happened, I can barely function. I immediately am like a puddle on the ground, like trembling under the presence of the Lord. And honestly, all I can say is, you are so holy, God. You're so holy. You're so holy. You're so holy. I can't even like communicate. I haven't got to that place yet to where I can communicate with the angels. They communicate to me, and I haven't been able to because the presence of the Lord is unlike anything else. It's unmatched. It is completely unmatched. And so to pray, to, to see the holiness of God, I am telling you guys, you will not hunger or thirst for the things that you have struggled with your entire life. I mean it. So asking God, in John I wasn't, I wasn't going to share this, but in John chapter 11, verse 40, um, it's when Jesus healed Lazarus, or not healed him, raised him from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and I love how we tell these stories so nonchalantly. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, so Jesus is like, okay, roll away the stone over the tomb. And Lazarus' sister was like, oh, no, no, he's been dead four days. It's going to stink. It's going to be gross. And Jesus responds to her. And he's like, didn't I tell you if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God? And it was when I read that, or if you have faith in me, that's what it was. If you have faith in me, you will see the glory of God. And I, I really thought of how often I pray and I don't expect anything to happen when I pray. How easy it is to pray and to ask God for something and then not expect him to like really do it. And I love the way he spoke to her. It was like, it was a rebuke, but it was like a beautiful thing. And and to have the thing, like, I want you guys to seriously be like, Jesus, I want to encounter you and your presence and your holiness. And, like, expect him to start showing you. And ask every day until it starts happening. Ask for encounters with God every day until it starts happening. It didn't just happen overnight for me. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I lived with my older sister. Um, and... I was in high school, and God was doing, like, really, really amazing things, and God was using me, like, through so much grace, using me, and um, also, I would just have, like, a lot of, a lot of encounters, and um, at the time, I also was immature and, like, would share them with everyone, and, <laughs> like, 
probably shouldn't have done that, but I was like Joseph, like going around to my friends and be like, hey, I, that wasn't my intention. I was just so excited that I like wanted to share. Long story short, I remember, um, I remember one of my friends like frustratingly asking my sister like, why does all this stuff happen to Soph? Like, why, you know, why does she get all these encounters? Or why does she pray for people and they get healed? And just, like, really frustrated, not mad at me, but, like, I want that too. And, um, and my sister said, because she spends time in God's presence. And, like, that, that really was it. It's, it. It was not that I was a good rule follower. In fact, I really, like, naturally was not a good rule follower. <laughs> Jesus helped me, um, but like, it was it was just spending time with him, and it was asking for more. It's really what it was. It was like I just asked for it, and then I I obeyed him. There's a there's 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 like the two things of like asking and obeying, and um, and I'm sharing those stories with you. not to, like, tell you of how cool I am or anything like that. It's to say there's nothing special about me that you guys don't have the opportunity and the gift set and the ability to do. It's not that God gave me an invitation and he didn't give you one. It's not that God wants me to see angels and not for you to see angels. Like, he really, that that is one thing that Vince and I, when we came in here a year ago, um, we were like, we want the people to know they can do it all too. It is not going to be Vince and I seeing demons cast out of people and seeing arms grow back and seeing people saved and seeing hearts healed. Like, it's you guys. It's you guys with the presence of Jesus, with the, um, with the, the, the presence and obedience-based life. Like, it's huge. It's everything. So I just want to end with one last scripture, Ezekiel 36, 23. I will show you how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. Now, pause really quick. So this is a, a word, uh, Ezekiel's a prophet. God would come and say, like, give, tell the Israelites all of these things. And so at this time, the Israelites, like, he's... They were in captivity, and they also were, like, doing all of the things that all the other nations were doing. They weren't living like God's kids. And so this is God, like, God's telling them, um, like, you brought shame among the nations means, like, they just, they weren't living right. (laughs) So um, I will show you how holy my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. This This is the key. And when I reveal my holiness through... You, before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. I'm going to read a couple more verses. We're going to come back to that, but I love this. Uh, Verse 25, we talk about revival a lot in here, and um, and it's it's like a theme going on in the church, and um, I want to tell you what I think of revival. When I think of revival, one, uh, I, I think of miracles, signs, and wonders. I think of mass salvations, like a ton of people who didn't know Jesus coming to know Jesus. Um, but I also think of revival is that so many people collectively become like Jesus that it changes culture. That when revival hits the ark in Berkeley, that Berkeley is going to be known for something different than it's been known for. That the culture looks different. Um, that's, that's like when I think of revival, like really, it's not just the signs and wonders. I think the signs and wonders are like the sending to shift culture. And so I love this. Verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart 
and give you a tender, responsive heart. This is amazing. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Like the grace of God. The grace of God. When we talk about holiness, I, like, it's him. He does it all. He wants a yielded person, a yielded heart, a yielded will. And he says, I'll sprinkle the clean water on you and wash away your filth. I'll put a new heart in you. I'll put a new spirit in you. And I will give you my spirit to equip you to be successful. Like holiness is, is not at all <laughs> our ability. It's our yieldedness and it's our obedience. Like there's nothing like that I can do to be holy other than yield to him. I can be a really good rule follower and people can look at me and say, wow, she's a great Christian. But do I carry the presence of God with me? Am I attractive to people that don't know Jesus? I want to tell you, I have a family that not everyone serves Jesus the way that I do. And um, I think going around and telling them that I don't behave the way they behave is not attractive. I think walking in a room and being bright is really attractive. I think walking in a room and them seeing joy on me is attractive. Have you ever looked in <laughs> when, um, when Vince and I were dating, this is really funny, someone shared this at our rehearsal dinner and I was so embarrassed because not everyone at the rehearsal dinner you know, knows Jesus the way we know. <laughs> but when Vince and I were dating, um, my friend Marie, the one who came and led worship, we would always talk about Vince's eyes. <laughs> and we would say, he has Jesus' eyes. Like, there's something, when I was looking at him, now, don't you all start staring at my man's eyes. No, <laughs> um, no, it wasn't, it, it's not like that. It was, it was looking in his eyes and seeing Jesus and being like, oh, there's something different inside of you than all the other people that I could have married. Um, it was, there was, there was like a, there, there was just something different. And so do you ever look in, in some people's eyes and just see the light of God? You're like, whoa, they're different. I remember talking about how God changes you from the inside out to my um, Bible class when I was teaching. And I brought in a picture of me when I was in junior high, like 12 years old, and my eyes were so heavy and dark and like weighted. They were depressed and you can see it in the picture. And then like I showed them my picture, like my current like teacher classroom picture. And I was like, do you see a difference? And, and again, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to draw attention to my life. I was trying to use it as an example of like truly when Jesus comes in and gives you a new heart and a new spirit and puts his spirit in you. There's something so attractive when you have the spirit of God inside of you that people are drawn to you. Um, and so I'm going to pray for you guys. I, I know Vince kind of touched on this a little bit before, but I think to be sustainers of a revival, to be sustainers of his presence for something, a move of God to not come and go, there's got to be holiness. There's got to be a consecration to God. There's got to be the ability to steward his presence. And if there's, if there's like rivalry things in your life that are conflicting with who Jesus is, I like urge you to like in an in a excited way to like hurry up and ask God. Like, I want to be a carrier of your presence more than I am now. We're all carriers of his presence. But there's, there's more. Like, the angels bowing down. Like, there's always more. There's always more. There's more that I want. And to have that, 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 that excitement 
about being able to carry him. I love what that scripture in Ezekiel says. It says, I will reveal my holiness through you and the nations will know my name. Like to have that concept of being a vehicle of God's holiness coming through. Holiness, different, separate. A standard is higher. For God using you as a vehicle to show his holiness to where, to where why not dream big and say nations? To where people can be around you. How cool, I want to say this, how cool that Peter's shadow healed people. Why? Because he was with Jesus. He was yielded to Jesus. It's not because Peter was super. He had a terrible mouth. Remember Peter? I'm a lot like Peter. Um, It's just that simple. It's difficult because there's like outside things wanting to pull you away, but it's simple in its core. It's just presence-based. Something that I've been doing with spiritual warfare, um, you know, again, we were just talking about prayer a lot, and so this is kind of the last week. This isn't about prayer, but we're moving on to worship next week. But I want to say this. Spiritual warfare. Um, I used to let, like, my head twirling, feisty finger rolling get into my warfare life. And so I would see demons, and I'm like, you get out of here. You know, I would, like, do all, like it was in my power. Um, and I want to tell you, like, we would, like, go to war, and it would not be fun. And, and I want to tell you, I didn't see breakthrough in a lot of areas. Um, and then something, something that, you know, then I, I shifted to be like, oh, you know what? Jesus, you're really good at this. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to come and take care of all of these situations. I'm going to ask you to come and take care of the demonic activity. I'm going to ask you to send your flight of angels on my behalf, and I'm going to stand next to you where I'm safe, and my flesh is not trying to fight something that is not flesh. Um, And I started seeing breakthrough. Like, amazing. Um, And it's something, it's like a a new level God has brought, bringing me into warfare, um, is that when I sense something or I see something that is not from Jesus, that is in competition for him. I want to remind you guys, like, Jesus is never in competition. He has already won, and he already, like, he always wins, and he's already won. So he's not in competition, but other stuff tries to compete with him. What I do is I just say, I am a child of God, and I exalt Jesus higher than any other thing in here. Lust, I will not give in to you because I exalt Jesus higher than you. Fear, I will not give in to you because I exalt the name of Jesus higher than you. And I just start speaking my exaltations. I walk around my house. This is God's house. He's king over this house. And so anything that exalts itself above the name of Jesus isn't allowed in here. There should be no comfort for anything that is not Jesus allowed in my home. I don't want anything coming in and kicking its feet back and making, its, making itself comfortable. So how do I make them uncomfortable? I exalt the name of Jesus in my house. I honor his name. And it works every time. Um, someone needed to hear that because that was not in my notes or I'm just ADD. I don't know. Okay, we're just going to pray. Um, Holy, holy God, you are holy, Jesus. God, we want to be stewards of a revival here. We want to be prepared, Jesus, for your presence. God, I imagine it just kind of sitting before you and just allowing you to sprinkle clean water on us, to wash the filth off, to give us a new heart, a new spirit. And Jesus, we thank you for putting the Holy Spirit in us. And I ask God in my own life 
and in my church's life, that you would increase our sensitivity to your Holy Spirit's voice. That Jesus, we would be quicker to bite our tongues. We would be quicker to agree with anger and irrationality. And Jesus, that we would be quick to recognize when something um, is pulling at us that isn't you. So Jesus, we just ask for a heightened sensitivity to you. Jesus, I ask that today you would put a new, higher standard on every person that's in here. Jesus, so that they can carry something that they've never carried before. So Jesus, we bless you. And I want to take a moment, Jesus, to repent of not thinking the way you think about people. Jesus, will you forgive me for not seeing the call on people's lives and for being quick to be offended, to being bothered by lifestyles, by things that they say, for passing judgments. Jesus, we repent of not having a heart and a mind and a soul and a spirit and a will, Jesus, that is fully yielded to you. God, for maybe having one foot in and one foot out, I'm going to be strict on these things, but on these things over here, I'm still comfortable in them. God, we want all of you, and so we give you all of us. Jesus, I don't want 5% of you. (laughs) I want all that you're willing to give me. So Jesus, we bless your people today. I bless them, Lord, with encounters and with beauty and with dreams. For anyone that has nightmares and night terrors, Jesus, we break those off. God, I thank you that we will dream dreams and see visions that the beauty and the holiness of the Lord will take precedence over anything else that is bothering us. Yeah. Jesus, we bless your name. Amen.